Podcast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. In today's edition, we say hello, hello to new Bayern full-time coach Hansi Flick, work out where Timo Werner is going or not going and get the latest on Jadon Sancho's future. All of this and much more in Stahlcast. Hello listener, I'm Raphael Honigstein. Hello also to Christoph Biermann and special guest Didi Harman. Before we start talking to the guys, just a quick note, check out a big Thiago article from me and Tom Vorvel on The Athletic. We'll talk about him in a second. But first, gents, welcome. Didi, we'll start with you. How are things in Munich for you at the moment? Is everyone safe? Is your family doing fine? Yeah, the uh, the family uh, is well. Uh, my, my kids are here. Both kids study in... Uh, the Netherlands, one in Amsterdam, one in Groningen. The girls are both uh, here now. And yeah, parents are healthy, which is most important. And I only see them uh, on the balcony because I avoid seeing them face to face at the moment. So apart from a few people at Skype, because we did a an edition of uh, a show on, uh, on Saturday, I haven't seen any or hardly any people outside the family for the last two weeks. Mm. Christoph, for you? Similar. I'm also in, in my Berlin flat. Okay, well, hopefully there'll be some better news and, and even sunnier times ahead for all of us. Um, in the meantime, um, there is a bit of football going on, maybe not on the pitch, but off it. Uh, Bayern Munich making some moves, uh, Didi. We saw the announcement that Tanzi Flick uh, at last used his pen that he was awarded after the Chelsea win to sign a contract until 2023. Um, are you a little bit surprised how quickly Bayern did this and also how long this contract runs? What does that tell us about him and Bayern in the future? That They've got the, the confidence and the, probably the ultimate confidence in him because there are um, voices of people saying when he first took over on an, on an interim basis um, that he's a He's a stand-in and somebody else will come in the summer um, or maybe even in the winter, depending on how it goes up until the, the winter break. I'm not surprised at all uh, that he has been given the job because I think the team plays a very good football at the moment. I think he played 21 games, 18 wins. The two defeats came against Gladbach and Leverkusen, where they should have been out of sight after 60 minutes in both games. Um, and they just lacked finishing in them games. So... Uh, he's a guy who's worked with big players, even though as a number two with Jogi Löw. Um, he knows the club. He's been at the club for a few years as a player. Um, and I think what stands out with him, that he doesn't say, take himself too serious. It's about the team. It's not about himself. And I think it goes down really well with the players. And the fact that it's 2023, I mean, that's that's quite long for a, for a new coach in inverted commas. Yeah, it is. Then again, you know, I think two years is is the minimum. Four years probably the maximum. So they probably they probably met in the middle. And I think uh, Hansi Flick was in a pretty strong position because if apparently there was interest from England, you may know better than me that some clubs investigated and 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 looked at maybe bringing him in in the summer if he doesn't stay in Munich. Uh, so he was in a very strong position because if he hadn't signed, I'm not sure at the moment who would have been out there who will do as good a job. Or nearly as good a job as him. What, what I find interesting about the whole uh, a flick thing is he's not at all a a super coach or a super manager. And I mean, not because he is not super, uh, but he is not this kind of public character that is so impressive. So 
every big club seemed uh, to look at, at certain characters like Guardiola or Klopp or Mourinho or so that tell, also tell a story that are fascinating, that bringing new ideas that change the uh, way of, um, how our football is being played and so on and so on. And, and Flick is, is, is that not at all. Um, if you meet him, he is very shy, he is very humble, he is always taking him back. Everybody is saying is, players love him. So they really like how he addresses them, he knows his football, he knows how to talk to him. And so there is an interesting gap between his public personality And uh, obviously his personality uh, when he's meeting his players, uh, the players um, in the dressing room. If I could just add on that, uh, Rafa, the, um, what Christoph says is, is, is right with the, with the super managers or these big star names where you say, oh, the, he, he might be a, a or he, he's, a, he's a manager or a coach for Bayern Munich. Now, of these uh, high profile managers, I don't think at the moment there's too many out there because the way the game has been going in, in recent years, managers are not being given time anymore. So if you go back 10 or 15 years, you probably have of these high-profile guys, you probably had six or eight or 10 of these guys. You know, if you look at Mourinho, if you look at Angelotti, Capello, Eriksen, there were quite a few out there. At the moment, they are not because even the, the best managers, they get the sack after, after 12, 18, 24 months at clubs and they don't get a chance to, to get this aura of uh, being invincible. And the other thing is, if you bring all these guys in, you know, Guardiola was here, done a tremendous job, you've got to say. Angelotti didn't really work out in Munich. But the thing is that if you bring these guys in, they are interested in, uh, in winning the Champions League. They want to win the league every year and possibly the three or four years they're here, they want to win the Champions League. And what you have to do with Bayern Munich now, I think, because they haven't got the money to compete with the likes of Manchester City, Paris, Manchester United, probably most of the English clubs, I think you have to develop players. And I think you need a coach who's, who, who wants to develop players, who wants to work with young players, who's not afraid of giving them a chance, as we've seen with uh, Tsiekce before the winter break, who came on a couple of times and scored two crucial goals for, for Bayern Munich. So I think the, the, the package that he gives to Bayern Munich at the moment is perfect because, as I said, if they want to compete, if they want to start a new era, as Oliver Kahn said, I think you need a manager who's able and who wants to develop young players. And I think he's certainly the guy. I think he reminds a lot of people of uh, Jupp Heynckes. He was a very warm, warm person. He was a good coach and he knew what to do. But he was he was marvelous in, in dealing with his players and everybody loved him. Also the, the, the players who ha he had to sit on the bench and, and so on. And I, I think what, what Flick brings is, uh, is something that is very close to this kind of qualities. Just want to uh, add one more thing. I mean, Didi, as you, as you said, I think you're right. There's, there's very few superstar coaches out there. But Bayern have another problem because they wanted a German-speaking superstar coach, ideally, and then the number is even is even smaller. I mean, you have worked with, with Giovanni Trapattoni at Bayern. Bayern, ha I think, have had mixed experiences with foreign managers, at least when it comes to sort of controlling them and trying to uh, shape their thinking and, and, and kind of make them part of the Bayern family. So that, that must have been a big factor as well. Yeah, well, I, I didn't really understand the thinking behind wanting a German. Of course, I can understand the thinking of wanting a German-speaking manager. But as you say, you've got a list of maybe... When you look at Bayern Munich, who can manage Bayern Munich? You probably look at a list of, I don't know, eight, eight to ten coaches 
at, at most, if you want a German speaking one, you're down to one, two or three. So I think kind of narrows it down quite a lot if you, if you want a German speaking manager. I felt that when Pochettino left Spurs, he would have been a, a manager who would, would have suited Bayern Munich because he's, uh, he's worked with young players. He made younger or young players. If you look at Kane, if you Dele Alli, I think, look at these guys. I think he brought them on to another level. After they said they want a German-speaking manager, so there was probably Ten Hag in, in Amsterdam. There was uh, maybe Tuchel, depending on what's happening in Paris, and then it was Flick. So I think uh, there wasn't really an alternative at the moment. And, and Hansi Flick knew it full well. And, and this is probably why maybe he gets one more year now than he would have done three or four months ago because I think Bayern Munich knew as well if he doesn't sign then they may have a problem. Indeed. Well, the football has been very good. Uh, I think there's no doubt in that. The question is how will this affect Bayern's squad planning and how does it affect the internal dynamics? It was interesting to see Collins Rummenigge say the other day that negotiations are being held with players who are out of contract in 2021. Alaba, Neuer, Thiago and Müller. And that was Hassan Salihamidzic, the sporting director, and Oliver Kahn negotiating with both of them. Is that a sign of how things are already changing, Diddy? Um, yeah, I think it is. I think um, Oli's... Um is really a blossoming in, in, in that new role. Uh, he's, he's taking responsibility. And there was always the, I think you have to be heard. If, if you're the CEO of a, of a club like Bayern Munich, I think they turn over more than 700 million now. Uh, you've got to make decisions. Sometimes you have to make decisions which uh, don't go down too well with, with all the people. Um, but you've got to make the, the, the big calls. And um, he, he was there in the negotiations. I think Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, I think, uh, is, is doing a very a good job there at the moment to, to bring him in as quickly as possible because um, they've got a new director of football or a pretty new director of football. I think he's there for about 18 months now, Hasan Salihamidzic. And now you've got a new CEO, so things will change. And it'll be interesting how they how they get on with, with these negotiations because I think all of these players you've just mentioned, they pro probably should try to keep. But, um, you know, Bayern Munich needed a change uh, because uh, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge and Uli Hoeneß, they brought the club to where it is now. They've, they've done a terrific job over the last three or four decades. But now it's time for the other two guys to, to shine. And um, I think uh, so far, uh, in the first few months, Oliver Kahn's been there. I think um, the signs are very positive. Is uh, the position of Hassan Salihamidzic being threatened by, by Oliver Kahn, you think? I don't think it, it weakens uh, Hassan Salihamidzic's uh, position. He's uh, He's been appointed on the board. That was one of the last things Uli Hoeneß wanted to do because he always promoted uh, Hassan Salihamidzic. So he's a he's a full board member. And because there was always talk about maybe Max Eberl coming to Munich or another director of football. I think with his appointment on the board, I think uh, this is this is done now. And um, I don't think I think Oliver Kahn will probably have a bit more of a say than Karl-Heinz Rummenigge uh, in the last few months when it comes to uh, contract negotiations or, or bringing new players in but I don't think it necessarily weakens Hassan Salihamidzic's uh, position. What I find interesting is is um, how smoothly from from outside it's looking how this transition process from uh, Rummenigge to Kahn is is uh, working right now so he came in in, in January, it was the beginning of the year, and now it's there for six months, and you see him a bit, you hear about him a bit. He seems to trying to understand how the how how things are going on, but he's also uh, here and there intervening, and it looks as if this process is is done very intelligently. Do you like beer? Do you like three? How about, you guessed it, free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. 
Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious, painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash German and cover just a postage of $4.95. Gotta pay the postie. And as if that wasn't enough, as a listener of Stahlcast, you get two extra free beers. So that's 10 free beers. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Belgium, South Korea, California, New Zealand and many more, but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time the power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it all off. Don't like dark beers? Choose the light plan. Easy. Just go to beer52.com forward slash German to get your case free. And don't forget right now, Stahlkast listeners get two, three extra beers. All right, Diddy, we mentioned the four players out of contract. Who's going to be there beyond 2021 and who isn't and why? Yeah, Thiago depends what he wants to do. I think the club will probably or would like uh, to keep him for another one or two years, whether the length of the contract is enough for him. I'm not too sure. Alaba, there's talk that maybe he wants to do something else. I really hope he does stay because I think he developed into one of the most important, if not the most important player of Bayern Munich in um, in recent months with the with a sharp rise from uh, Alfonso Davis, who's who's uh, yeah playing every week near enough perfect. You know you can't do any more than him. What he gives them defensively, offensively, um, he's an absolute superstar in the making. And and that role I think suits him very well. Alaba in the middle, he can open the game from the back. He's got a very good left foot. He's technically very gifted. So I hope Alaba will stay there. I'm not sure. It depends. I think that depends what he wants to do. Um, and then obviously the big question is um, is Manuel Neuer whether whether he's going to sign. Apparently he wants a longer contract than Bayern offered him. I think Bayern is a bit of a dilemma. Obviously they sorted the manager's position out now. They've got a, a very exciting young keeper coming from Schalke who's not in goal at the moment. So if Manuel Neuer doesn't sign a new contract and maybe even wants to go, it begs the question, do you need another keeper on top of Nübel and Ulreich? In the end, I think he will stay Manuel Neuer, but it puts him in a very strong position and I wouldn't be surprised if the four years he's asking for, he will get because I think he's he wasn't too happy that he's been... Well, he's been asked about the, the best keeper in Germany out there. I think he said Nübel, but I don't think they told him when they signed him. And apparently they promised Nubel a few games. Now, Manuel Neuer didn't want to know any uh, of it. He doesn't give him any games, he said. Um, and I think it's a very, it'll be a very interesting few weeks and months till the end of the season, whether Neuer does sign or not, because he's in a, he's a very, very strong position, similar to the manager. And I think Bayern Munich may have to give him the four years he wants. Do you understand why Bayern went for Nubel? in that way? I did understand they went for him but only on the basis that I don't give Manuel Neuer a new contract. If Manuel Neuer signs a new contract which I think he will because the way they defended him when that um, argument started with Testegen a few months back and Uli Hoeneß and Rummenigge and everybody backed Manuel Neuer to the hilt and I think he will sign a new contract 
if he does sign a new contract, I don't think Nubel will be a Bayern Munich player on the 1st of July or maybe the 1st of August if you play longer than July because I don't think you can have a, a keeper there who doesn't play for two or three years. Now, if Manuel Neuer doesn't sign a new contract, I think you can have a situation for one year where you say uh, the best keeper plays uh, and we'll see. Uh, and then after one year, Nubel can learn and then you try to promote him and make him into the number one. Um, but I think Hansi Flick made it very clear that um, Neuer is his number one, he will be his number one. But I think that there's a very good chance that Nubel will be loaned in the summer because I can't see how you have a keeper there who is meant to be the, the best young keeper in Germany uh, who sits on the bench for two, three or four years. Uh, I don't think that's beneficial to anybody. Yeah, maybe you can go to Dortmund just to make it a little bit more <laughs> controversial. Um, one really exciting, well, knock-on effect potentially is the question of how this affects the transfers of Leroy Sané or Timo Werner to Bayern. Now, there is a thinking in some certain quarters in Munich that Hansi Flick now being installed as a manager does shift perhaps the internal focus back to Werner and away from Leroy Sané. What what? What can you tell us about this, Diddy? If you look at both players, obviously they're different players and one is a winger and one is just a, a, an offensive midfielder who's probably the most gifted player we've had in a long time in Germany. In Nabri and in uh, Kingsley Comar, I think they've got two of the best five wingers in the world. Pretty injury prone, you've got to say, even though there weren't any big injuries, I think, in the last 12 months of Coman, he's, 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 he's coming back now. Nabri's been very solid. I don't think he's had any injuries or big injuries this year. To bring in Sané will always help you in a way because obviously you've got bigger strength and depth and he's an outstanding player but I think Oliver can't stress it as well that uh, they look at the character more than than ability in 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 the future now I don't want to I don't want to call Leroy Zane a bad egg or, or a, a player who can disrupt the team but the matter of fact is that I think he changed his uh, his Asian two three times in the last 12 to 18 months now these are these are things which wouldn't go down too well in Munich because they want things straight. Apparently, they spoke to his old management uh, team, David Beckham and, and Dave Gardner. I think they spoke to him. Now he's got a new uh, agency, so they've got to speak to, to them now. You're not going to toy around with Bayern Munich. You know, if they want you, you either go or you don't. And if you don't go, there may not be another chance to, to go to Munich. And this is why I think Harvard's at the moment. I think he's a player. He's a good kid. He's a very hardworking player. He gets better every week. I would sway towards uh, Harvard at, at the moment over Sunny. Yeah, well, what about Werner? I asked about Werner. Well, I don't know where he wants to play or where he should play. He's a very talented player. He's got over 20 goals this season. I get that, but Lewandowski is hardly ever injured. And he's best through the middle, Werner. You know, you've got two very good wingers. You've got Perisic, who's done well since he came in. I think he's a, he's a, he's a great additional player. I just don't know where Werner should play. So I don't see, uh, from the player's point of view and from Bayern Munich's point of view, I don't see any uh, necessity of their transfer in the summer. If you had the, the choice to pick either Leroy Zane or Timo Werner, I would always go for Kai Havertz because... Um... <laughs> <laughs> and it would also make sense because I think he he could be the inspiring player for for Bayern in the in the years to come. Where Leroy Sané is a fascinating player, for example, and 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 at the crowd pleaser, people would would love him. But he is he is more the 
a bit like the icing on the cake and and uh, Harvard is very much the cake itself. I get very hungry now after this metaphor, but uh, <laughs> beautifully, beautifully put. I mean, I did, I only asked about Werner because according to my information, Bayern, as you said, Didi, um, are a little bit exasperated with, with Sané. He's already, they had already a deal in place um, and now they feel that they have to renegotiate. And I think they're also worried a little bit about his recuperation because they've looked at um, you know, players before and while a cruciate ligament is not a career-threatening injury anymore, uh, sometimes attacking players can lose a little bit um, uh, when it comes to um, coming back, etc. So, well, I think uh, even Martinez. Yeah. I think even, even yeah. Martinez uh, wasn't the same player when he when he when he ruptured his cruciate ligament. So, um, yeah, you, you don't know till the play again. Obviously, he's, he's a young lad, so there shouldn't be any worries. There should be any problems. But um, you know, I think they, they they're a bit fearful now. I think after what happened to Hernandez, because they brought him in, he was injured when they bought him, and so far the eighty million doesn't seem to be so well spent. So I think. Um, they're a bit cautious at the moment. Absolutely. And Werner, I think, from his point of view, he was almost in the opposite. It was almost an opposite story for him. He felt he was being toyed with by Bayern. I think they had a deal with him in place for the summer, then never really went for him because they had other bigger targets. And now I think he's thinking, if they're coming back, and if Flick really likes me, how much guarantee will I have, as you said, to actually find a place? I don't think there's 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 any guarantee. Obviously, if you bring in Werner now, when you've got a, a, such a promising player as Tsekte, obviously you take away his place because he probably won't make it even on the bench in, in, in most games if Werner were to come because the attacking option will be Werner. So, you know, I think there, there's two or three things which which speak against uh, or lead against uh, bringing Timo Werner in. And I'm, I'm really surprised that they're so keen, or Hansi Flick is so keen, because we've seen him in the national team uh, in certain games when he plays out wide. He's not tricky enough, you know. You need uh, you need trickery. You need you need to beat a player with your with shifting your weight. It's not his game, um, and therefore, uh, I'd be very surprised if he were to come to Munich. Would you be surprised if he were to come to Liverpool? Equally as surprised, yes. Yes, I don't think he's a player for Munich or Liverpool the way they play at the moment. I, I read quotes from, from journalists or people from pretty close to the club in Liverpool when he always said Liverpool is a great club, club is the greatest trainer or manager, that he was a bit too forward with showing an interest maybe going to Liverpool. Same thing, where is he going to play? Even if Mane or, or, or Zala go, again, out wide is not his position and the centre-forward position, the way they do play, is probably the most crucial one. Firmino, who's probably a bit underrated in, in some people's eyes. He's a ball-playing centre-forward. He probably doesn't get the goals other players get, but he brings other players into position. And that's certainly not Werner's game. So, a no for me. Okay, well, you've heard it here first. What about Jadon Sancho, did he, before we let you go? Where does his future lie? We know that he's not going to hang around uh, Dortmund forever. I think this summer was, by all parties, envisaged as a natural departure point especially maybe if he has a good euros now all of that is up in the air the euros will not happen before 2021 but he will leave won't he if there's a chance to keep him another season i think it might be with this with this terrible crisis we've got at the moment but what's happening with the um with the transfer fees how much money the clubs will have because they will lose uh, revenue from probably playing behind closed doors 
probably doesn't affect the English clubs as much as the German clubs. But I think if there's a chance, it's probably the way it's turned out this year. If you were to go, if one of the two wingers leaves Liverpool, there's always talk about maybe Salah wanting to go. I think he was pretty keen to go last season, what I heard, before winning the Champions League. Then I think Liverpool will probably be his preferred destination, I would think. I'm not sure whether he's a City kid, whether he wants to go to Manchester United. And if I look at Manchester United from a player's point of view, um, there's so much going on at Manchester United. If you want to win titles, I don't think Man United at the moment is the place to be. I think if he were to go, and if Salah maybe wants to do something else, I can see him at, at Liverpool. There, there will probably be the guess now I would be having. If he were to go in the summer, he'll go to Liverpool. Mm. Well, Liverpool, I think, have been saying that at least officially, off the record, if there's such a thing, that they don't expect any of the big thrives to go and therefore, they're not really in the market for someone who would be as expensive as Sancho. Whereas I think United certainly want a player of his appeal and if his prospect to perhaps build a new squad around. I think he's English. Uh, no, I don't think he is English. He is English. And I think that is part of their, their thinking. And I think they, can, they cannot promise him titles necessary not straight away but I think they can promise him to be the leading star in a new team that is emerging and from what I've been told that that is quite appealing to him but um, but we'll see now did he before I let you go um, these are difficult times but if you had to quarantine with one of your former managers would it be Rafa Benitez or would you prefer <laughs> hanging out with Sven <laughs> well if we can't if, if we can't leave the house then uh uh, I'm sure I could listen to Sven for two weeks uh, to his stories uh, and talk about football. Um, it depends what, you, what you're after. I think these two would be probably the pre preferred ones because two weeks with Rafa in quarantine, I think he'll make you a far, far better uh, football man and I think he'll make you understand the game a lot more. And we all think we've seen it all, we know it all. Well, speak to him for an hour, you probably would have done and you see things differently. So, um, yeah, uh, I will probably will pick the two of them and then I will toss a coin. But Sven could tell you, teach you about other important things in life. Yeah, yeah? But, but yeah uh, that also, but we shouldn't underestimate what he's done. So he's uh, in Italy, you know, he's, he's, he's seen as a god what he did at Lazio. Um, in England, uh, obviously, we all know how cruelly they, they got knocked out. Uh, I think on penalties in the two, three tournaments he's played, I think they always lost on penalties. Um, yeah, just a, just a great football man and a great man. And um, as you say, he's, he's got one or two stories up his sleeve. Well, on that note, um, I'd say our time is up. Thank you very much, Didi and Christoph. I hear the birds are singing in the background. Go to the garden, enjoy, stay at home, stay safe. And you, listener, 